0: Welcome to the NCO Journal podcast, where we explore NCO professional development. This is a podcast series where we discuss published articles with authors and provide a forum for the open exchange of ideas, information, and solutions. I'm your host, Chago Zapata, Managing Editor of the NCO Journal at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. Today we discuss the article, Adapting to the Pandemic, Community of Inquiry and the Sergeant Major Academy, with Sergeant Major Julio C. Armas an instructor at the Department of Joint Interagency, Interorganizational, and Multinational Operations at the Sergeant's Major Academy at Fort Bliss, Texas. With us is Sergeant First Class Osvaldo Aquite, NCOIC of the NCO Journal, and Senior Editor Tony Mena. Thank you all for being here. Before we get started, though, Sergeant Major, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: I'm Sergeant Major Julio Cesar Armas. I joined in 1994. So it's been it's been a, a long journey uh, here Next. Couple of days, it'll be uh, my 28th year of service. I'm an infantry soldier by trade. I've uh, been served every infantry position. I've attended every PME, um, all the way to the Army Major's uh, Academy, uh, Class 68. Um, so this is this is a uh, very exciting and very satisfying to culminate my career teaching at the Army Major's Academy um it's been a wonderful ride it's great to give back and you know it's kind of one of those things everyone i i, I get their ear i i want to tell them you know hey you need to come back come back and give to the future of the army um and, and i really enjoy what i do you know um, but pretty much uh, i'm here in el paso i've served in uh peacekeeping operations contingency operations combat operations um, I I've worked in joint environment for a couple of years. Um, so I work in the department of uh, joint here at the Sar Majors Academy. So it, it, everything was just a perfect fit to me. Um, I love teaching others. I love educating others. Um, anyone that gives me five seconds, I'm probably trying to give them a little bit of knowledge for now or for later down the road. Um, so writing this article was, was uh, to me, it seemed like an extremely easy fit. Um, it had to be written and I had the passion to see it and, and share my experiences uh, through COVID-19 here. Uh, I didn't know it was gonna get published, but it it did get published. So it, that's pretty awesome. Uh, for me, that's, a, that's an achievement I never even considered or thought of, wow. great achievement. And so, you know, it's kind of like anything else that we do. Once one person gets a foot through the door, now I have a whole bunch of uh, fellow uh, colleagues here that, that are looking at doing the same thing. So you should see a floodgates from Sar Major's Academy with uh, trying to share their story um, so you guys can spread it around uh, the Army and the NCO Corps.
0: Well, we welcome them. Uh, you know, keep them coming. This is the place to go. This is, this is your NCO journal. Uh, just a quick question, though. How long have you been teaching at the at the academy?
1: So I've been teaching here. Uh, I did a year of the fellowship, and I am working picking up uh, class seventy three as my third year on the platform.
0: Yeah. So you were there. Your first year was when when we were all you know working from home and going to school from home and all that stuff. Is that right? That is got correct. Right as things got exciting, or for some of us, not, maybe not well, so exciting. You
1: know um, what was it? A uh, class seventy. 70- Yeah, Class 70, uh, you know, coming back in March, I think it was, when when COVID really actually had an effect. And and I think that's when all academic institutions, not just the military, um, realized, man, this can become a problem if, if we don't address it. You know, then that class ended up graduating and we picked up Class 71. And that started off with COVID up front. So COVID didn't show You know, didn't inject itself somewhere along the year or 10 month process being here at the academy. It was like right from the jump street. Um, So it was interesting. Uh, Like I said, I I, I love talking. I love educating. So that passion of coming in that classroom, you know, as a a first year instructor, kind of got placed on the backseat due to COVID-19 and distance education became the primary means of educating. Uh, not something that I was, like, all thrilled about, uh, but once once I took a step back and looked at, okay, this is an uh, environment, these are my tools, um, I, I got to get to work, and, and what's the best way to do that? So, one of the many things I've learned through my my fellowship program at Penn State University was the learning types of different learning theories. I know I'm kind of moving ahead a little bit somewhere in, in the questions, but I think it's all relevant and it's all a great story and how it played out. As one of the questions you asked me was like, "Hey, how did you? Why did you pick this
0: one?" Yeah, there's still people who are, you know, we got a few a, a few messages on on Facebook where people are like, "Hey, we're tired of this. Why? Why are we still talking about this?" You know, it's like, you know, this is still a, a very uh, important part of of, of of the world today, you know, COVID hasn't left, although some people don't believe that it's, believe that it's gone or never believe that it was never here. Whatever the case may be, thing is that this is something that we've always, we've all had to adjust to. And uh, regardless how how you look at it, we still have to, there's certain things that we had to be done. Uh, but what inspired you, inspired you to start this conversation, to, to submit this article about this specific subject? Now, there's really not that much stuff out there. Is that why? Or, I mean, why did you do it?
1: I think the the community of inquiry uh, framework in itself, whether you're in the classroom or you're teaching from distance, right? Distance education, it's extremely important to get to the end state of the lesson, to get the outcome of a lesson. So whether you do it in the classroom or where you do it at home, it's just the environment is different, but those elements uh, of the social teaching and cognitive elements of the community of inquiry are extremely important for any educator uh, in the classroom, brick and mortar, or at the house. And one of the things, you know, and I, and I wrote this article last year. Um, to be quite honest with you, I, you know, as as soon as I the the way I found that it, it got published officially, you know, I uh, a lot of my old students sent the link to me. Hey, summer major, and and they sent me the link, and I'm I'm looking at this link, and I'm thinking, what what is this? And you know, I, I I actually didn't even open it for like the first hour. I just kind of saw the link, and I was like, ah. Eh. And then when I finally opened it, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, oh man. And, and like I said, I wrote it last year, and the reason I wrote it was, I think there were a lot of challenges here at the Sergeant Major's Academy, talking to my peers. Um, hey, how do you how are you doing this? How did you how are you doing that? And one of the things with COVID nineteen, you know, whether people think it's 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 still a threat to us or, or not a threat. Um, it, it exposed a lot of vulnerabilities in, in our professional military education system here in the army, but just everywhere else globally around the world, like, okay, now that you people can't come in, can we still achieve um, from home what we've been trying to do at the house? And if so, in education itself, how do we do that? And, you know, everyone has their own ways and, and everyone has, um, their own techniques, but if you actually look at you sit down and have a conversation with someone, and they start telling you how they do it from the house education, uh, it falls into one of the many theories that are learning theories that are out there. You know, it's not nothing new. It's just do you know it was a theory to begin with. Um, so that kind of what that's kind of what 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 drove me um, getting feedback from my students, like man, this is. This is awesome. I wish we could be in class. so I can actually meet my classmates, you know, having having them tell me how excited they, they want to come in, even though we couldn't come in because they wanted to meet the classmates. They wanted to see the people that were connected with besides an, a camera, which was a great thing for them. It's like, oh, man, now I can put a voice to a face. I, I still can't meet you. Um, and, you know, during uh, class 71, eventually, when we came back into the brick and mortar and we came in staggered, meaning, you know, they're per classroom, it was like, okay, five out of five come back at a time. And it was, it was great to see that the connection that they built on the distance education platform transcended and, and transitioned perfectly right into the classroom. Like, hey, nice to finally meet you. I had students at graduation, you know, the frocking ceremony of class 71, like, you're a sergeant major, man. Man, I thought you'd be taller. You know, I thought you'd be taller. You know, you, you, you talk, you walk, you speak, you teach um, like you're ten feet tall. Really, you're only five foot four. You know, so so a lot of great moments, a lot of great connections uh, using the community of inquiry, and then when they got to meet each other, you know, it just it just met the expectation, exceeded the expectation of who people were and, and the thrive, the thirst they had for for the learning of uh, the curriculum.
0: Hey, are you still using some of those techniques that you learned during the pandemic, during the the time that you were teaching?
1: Absolutely.
0: Like, t- tell me about those. What what, what are you still Absolutely. using? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so, so, uh,
1: you know, like states in the article, you know, a lot of it, that social presence, one of the things that you lose not being a brick and mortar in the classroom with students is that, that social piece. They could see you're human, you know, when you are in front of someone and, and you talk every single day, you build that trust, that confidence with one another and you start sharing, but it's kind of, it becomes difficult when you do it from the house as we're doing this, this podcast, you know, it, it becomes difficult to make that connection. Cause right now I'm talking to a computer, you know, that's what my, I see, that's what my brain sees. I'm talking to a computer. Um, but how do you do and how do you not only demonstrate that you are a person, but how do they get to express themselves and one of the things that i do is music and and music really was a great way to start everything and to end everything within a day um, but it's not just you know i'm the dj for the day hey i'm a person and these are my likes but i would um i would tell them early on hey about 8 30 i'm gonna hit you up and i'm gonna give you rights these are the ground rules and especially our international partners, show us a little bit about your culture, the music. What does it sound like? You know, if you want to sit there and interpret for us, do so. And people love that. Um, so I do that now. I still do it now. Uh um, I did it towards the end of class 72. Uh, every day when they came in, I had some music going, um, different types of music, you know, I coordinate with the students and, and they just love that piece of the pie.
0: What's your favorite? I'm sorry. Tell me about your favorite music. What's your favorite one that your favorite music that you play for? You know, I, I,
1: here's the thing. I love to hear music due to the beat, the rhythm. If you were to ask me what a, uh, a song actually says in words, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you I'm more of a beat music. So most of my stuff is more uh, salsa, merengue, bachata, um, or something in the nineties, something that has good flow, good, smooth, right. Positive energy. Um, projecting that that's my favorite, but you know, I also like country. And so people are like shocked because I play, you know, Merengue or whatever the case the first the first time and they 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 kind of think of me in a certain way. And then I'm like, you know, I got some Garth Brooks, you know, I blame it all on my route, And they just kind of look at me like, okay, so you're versatile. Um you're versatile. So and it's pretty awesome to have those simple conversations. Um, that we learn more about each other and, and we still do it. And, and we, I start off with music. Um, and at the end of the day, I, I end it with
2: music. Well, Sergeant major, um, personally, I loved your article. Uh, my bachelor's in, is in secondary education. I was a high school teacher for a while. So for you to like bring up these teaching theories and distance learning and adult learners, and man, I was so excited. Plus, I love seeing uh, change and adaptation to, you know, um, I guess, stimulor, stimulants like the pandemic and what it does to units and people and how everyone adapts. So, yeah, your article is just right up my alley. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for that, personally.
1: I would credit everything to uh, Dr. Barbara Yancy tooks because, to be honest, you know, we were having a discussion of how we were as the educators – dealing with teaching from the house, what worked for some, what didn't work for others. And I would say one of the biggest challenges for me coming in, you know, I wanted to be in the classroom. I wanted to have that touch point with with 16 students, six weeks, five semesters, and that's not what I got. I, I, I got here and they're like, all right, we're gonna go to the house. And I was like, what do you mean to the house? And one of the biggest challenges for me personally was, uh, I didn't own a computer, you know. I owned a little uh, Mac Pro, and it it does the job. I did all my college, my education on it. But in order to actually be set up to educate from home, that became a challenge because you only have one screen, and the screen's only yay big, right? Um, so having a good concept, talking to my peers that were here during that spring time from when COVID really hit during class 70, you know, that their advice, so I had to go home and look at it. And I'm like, I don't even have a desk. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, most people say, oh, you know, my desk or, or my my office. Um I didn't even have that. I was just working off my my kitchen table. Um so I had to get it right. I had to prepare myself and thank God, you know, uh, everyone here at the Academy um is very supportive when you're a new guy, a new fellow coming in as part of the cadre and it's like, okay, this is what you need. And and they gave me the rundown, but one of the big things is giving me the rundown, giving me the tips of the trade is actually going home, setting up a desk, putting that. That was my biggest challenge. Um, And of course, being new and not having the ability to reach to your partner that's in class with you. If you're a little confused, it's like, all right, hey, go on break, put it on mute, call on the phone and say, Hey, am I on the right track or, you know, where normally you do it in person? So those were one of the challenges as a new educator coming in with COVID kicking off. But, you know, I got to adapt and overcome. And and the community inquiry, uh, as I learned it through Penn State, you know, I was like, you know what? Let me me apply this because it really resonated. Community of inquiry, the framework, it really resonated with me Um, as I'm one of those individuals that you could be the smartest person in the room, but if you don't know how to express it or relate it, it it's, it's not sticking. Um, and you could be, probably be a, a average knowledge-knowing individual, but if you, know, if you know how to work those three elements of the COI, the, the outcome, the participation of, of the adult learners in the classroom just flourishes. And that's, that's an awesome thing to see and experience. Uh, so I, I, I started incorporating it in in my lessons from the house and as we were coming back in and phasing uh, s- slow phase back through um it was perfect um of course i had to tweak it here or there to meet everything but it, it it worked out for me and i started sharing that and telling others this is the way i do it this is the way things are um as my department here at the at the sergeant majors academy one of the great things that not only during the actual lessons, but one of the things that we did was uh, kind of a version of, of hunt the good stuff on Fridays, where everybody in the in that semester went into Blackboard into Blackboard uh, Collaborate, and you know we picked one or two students from each classroom, you know share share that good stuff that's happening, but that was using the tools from a distance and still making that connection with people they normally would walk down the hallway to use a latrine and then run into and meet. But that was another platform that this department utilized to get other people from other classrooms at homes all over El Paso still have a connection. Like, hey, you guys are one pod, this is your semester, you're in this department. And it was a great tool um, that Mr. Ramsey, our chair and our vice chair, uh, Sergeant Major Walters uh, at the time they they implemented, not just for the lesson, but for that social aspect that we're all humans, we're all going through something, um, but there's ways to recover and we have support, even though we can't come in and connect face to face, shake your hand, you know, give you a, a nice pat on the back or, or a chest bone, they can still do it and they're sharing. And it was just amazing at the end when we were coming back in at class 71, the connections like, oh man, you're you know, you're, and, and it was just an awesome thing to see. And I think it all, whether we knew it or not, we were utilizing the elements of community of inquiry to make those connections. And when they finally met, that was pretty awesome.
0: Can you explain the community of inquiry framework briefly, just kind of just so that we have background here?
1: True. So, the community of inquiry, uh, the framework is. How do we have that safe and secure learning environment that uses the three elements of social, uh, the social element, the cognitive element, the teaching element? So the social is for everyone to see each other as people, humans that come with experiences, that comes with knowledge. The cognitive piece of the community of inquiry is, how is it that we get our, our adult learners to stay on that learning, analyzing path, critical thinking path? So they don't—they don't—they're not reciting nothing back to you. They're not remembering just just to give you an answer, but they can actually formulate an answer. And, and the answer is a little bit complicated, a little bit complex. They might not know the whole answer, but it's enough to get a converse, conversation started that is guided by the instructor, that teaching element, right? The teaching element isn't like I'm in charge of the classroom. I'm in charge of the learning outcome. And how do I get people to feel safe and secure into that social element of 16 people plus the instructors? And how do we get bring out that cognitive piece of sharing experiences, sharing knowledge, sharing what they read the night before and how they interpreted that information in accordance with what we show them in the PowerPoint. Now the PowerPoint is just wave top figures, but if you read, it has a lot of it the, the substantial piece in it. And we develop those those conversations and we start sharing because as, as we know here at the Sarman's Academy, you got every MOS that comes in here and everyone has a different lens, they look at the same thing from a different perspective, a different experience or a different knowledge of how it works in their field. And that's really what we want to bring out. Um, and you as an educator, which is that teaching element, right? That teaching element piece of the pie is 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 critical. You're you're in charge of the classroom, but you're not dictating or running it as you were left, 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 right, left. Is you're just steering the conversation to meet the outcome and providing that safe learning environment for them to feel comfortable to express themselves um, and share their ideas. That that's that's the magic of it. You know, and then how does the lesson tie into every individual? So one of the big things I work in the joint department. Um, some MOS is like I I've never worked in 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 a joint world. Okay. So let's think about your career path. Have you and then I start throwing, have you ever worked here, there? One of the things is 79 Romeos, recruiters. And like I never worked in joint. I'm like, don't you go to MEPS? Well, yeah. You ever worked at MEPS? Well, yes. So what do you think MEPS is? And and they've never put You know that that connection together and they're like oh i guess i have i just didn't know it and i'm like so you're going to discover here in the joint department you've done a lot of things that you didn't know and i'm going to draw those experiences i'm going to draw that knowledge of, of that perspective that point in time and show you how it fits into what we're trying to teach you here bigger but at that point in time you were focused in your job doing what you had to do um so I don't know if I a straight definition to you, but I, I try to explain them um, because to me that that's that's the beauty about these elements, um, and you got to find a perfect balance uh, to meet the population of adult educators you're teaching, on how to inject that social presence so it doesn't override the teaching presence or the cognitive, and same thing with the cognitive and the teaching presence. Um, so that's one of probably uh, the the art. Of As the educator, knowing how to balance the social, cognitive, and the teaching presence uh, to establish that good, safe learning environment that people want to share. Not have to, but want to share. Even if it's a thought. They want to share the thought because they want to get another person's opinion. Um, and to me, that is that is success here. And that's what we do that so great at the SAR Majors
2: Academy. I actually enjoyed... I guess the article and the theory and and basically what you just talked about because it mirrors a lot of what uh, public education had to go through also and their transition to that year of online learning because my son went to middle school and he did a year of online and it was hard on both ends, both for those teachers to switch over like you guys did. And then for him uh, growing up in a physical brick and mortar, then he had to learn how to learn online. So, again, another reason your article resonated with me. Um, but my question is, <clears throat> I know you talked a lot about the things that were working, especially from community of inquiry and your switch over. What did you struggle with? What was something that didn't work right away and you either had to learn how to do it correctly or you just scrapped it and went to something new?
1: One of the, one of the things I, I I had to learn quickly was Blackboard. As in Penn State, we didn't use Blackboard. We used Canvas. So it's a different platform um and not being able to come into the academy and get that training from uh the hands-on portion training on how to manipulate blackboard because that to to be honest that's our weapon system here you know every job that you have there's different weapon systems that you utilize to be successful and to me one of the biggest challenges was mastering blackboard as I was a new instructor coming in and I didn't get that touch point with my partner, Dr. Barbara, Yancy yeah, she tooks. um, we, we didn't, we were not able to make that connection. Uh, so the system itself, my weapon system to be an educator here at the Sergeant Majors Academy is blackboards is a computer is knowing how to work the camera is how to play video without having the feedback on the other side. Um, and possibly lose credibility of, the professional and institution and a professional myself you know those were my problems uh my issues um once after first semester and and you know i had a running tally but on my desk you know i messed that up messed that up messed that up and when i looked at it i was like it's using my weapon system that was my challenge personally after first semester once i i, I saw those challenges and Mr. Rydell, I believe he's out there with you guys at at, uh, at your location. I work in a different area, but uh, he's out there. He used to be uh, one of our DACs here at, at in our department. I'd just be on the phone calling him over and over and over, like, "How do you check grades? How do you how do you input grades? Those type of things that that connection that that a senior instructor teaches a younger instructor." Um, that was a challenge for me because I didn't have that—at least the hands-on, face-to-face portion. So everything was over the phone, and and it's like, go to the tab, what tab? Those type of things were my challenges.
0: I want to uh, digress a little bit, or, or go to towards a, in a different direction here. Uh, one of the okay. questions that I that I wanted to ask was, why is it important that we continue to talk about COVID nineteen and its implications and? and I, I, to be honest, I haven't seen that many articles and that much stuff. I, I think people are tired of it of COVID nineteen during the height of the pandemic, and people I don't think don't want to talk about it. But what do you think? Why do you why is it important that we continue that discussion?
1: Working here at the Soldiers Academy, you know, we're, we're an army organization that mission is to educate, and I think if if we lose sight of what COVID nineteen and how COVID-19 exposed our weaknesses. And we're like, okay, we're getting back to the normal and we forget how to over, the the, the steps that we took to overcome COVID-19 in the educational uh, environment. And we forget that we might be there very quickly again, as we know the rotation of staff and people change out. But I, I think we need to be cognizant that we might just be right back at that height of COVID-19 next month. We don't know that, you know, and, and I think it's very important to, to understand that this is, this is something that affects, this is an outside, uh, outside the organization element that affects how we educate. So we always got to be cognizant that it's still there. It's not eradicated. It's not 100% gone, um, regardless of whether people think it's, it's real or not it's still a factor that has a vote in how we do business here at the Sar Measures Academy.
0: Let's go, uh, let's go back to, there was something that you said uh, a little while ago where you said that you started implementing, implementing the, uh, uh, the community of inquiry framework. Uh, is this something that, that you adapted yourself on your own initiative or was it the sergeant's major academy that kind of pushed it down and said, okay, this is the way we're going to go. How did that come about? Is that, or were there other options of, of what you could have done instead of say using the community of inquiry, you maybe use something else or.
1: I I would say something that I personally did and and I can't speak for anyone else. Um, Like I said, that first semester was very uh, hard to navigate. And I, like I said, I kept a, a running tally of all the challenges I met and things I wanted to achieve. So one of the big things, you know, that that I saw was the connection. You you know when people connect, you know when people feel comfortable and 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 start sharing a little bit of the personal life or make a joke or crack a joke, you know. And and I realized in my in my core room uh, that was not occurring. So I knew that that trust and confidence within each other, within me as the educator, within my partner as an educator, that wasn't there. Um, And like I said, I was thinking, okay, well, I just went to Penn State University on a fellowship about adult education, lifelong learning. There's gotta be millions of theories out there that I learned. So which one did I resonate with through my year? And, you know, looking through my notes and everything, I was like, let me take a look at Community of Inquiry. And it totally hit perfectly what i wanted in my classroom um so i i personally adopted that everyone had everyone had different everyone had different techniques and i I can't speak for the techniques they utilize or whether they fit another uh learning theory um but i knew as soon as i i saw the social cognitive teaching and how you know one can't survive without the other you know, I started spreading that to my my counterparts here in the digital department and and the other departments that that I that I knew. I'm like, hey, have you tried this? Have you tried that? You know, have you tried this, that, or the other thing? Um, something so simple as saying, hey, my international student, hey, do me like a PowerPoint with all the types, different types of food you would have for breakfast, lunch, dinner, instead of the music, and explain what it is and how does it make you feel. And you know, they, they're like they get into it. They really got into it. And I was like, okay, that trust is now there. So let's start thinking. How do we start getting them to think from the house? Because you know, if you're not up on the camera, you could definitely be in the back just. If that's the question. Hit the button. Roger's our major. I understand's our major. You know. So how how do you get them to stay active all the time? to to always be thinking about the lesson that's being shared the experiences and so forth so one of the things that i did and i still utilize here in the classroom is all right call a friend you know um call a friend so if if i'm if you ask me as the educator a question and i answer your question right at the end i'd be like okay call a friend so they had 15 other people in the chat group and they would just randomly call someone and everyone would see they're caught off guard so a lot of the feedback i got is like we had to be on our toes because you never knew when you were going to call on us or our partners since you want the conversation to continue to grow and share that experience call a friend and they know each other you know in the chat groups behind i can't see them on camera but they know who's in at their desk or not and they call each other out so it kept them all engaged whether they wanted to or not so it was pretty. It was pretty awesome to hear the feedbacks of like how I kept them on the toes. That, that to me, that was pretty awesome. And they're like, I had to do the readings. I actually had to do everything. Like even though I'm not in class and you couldn't see me, I had that fear someone was going to call on me, and I was not going to be ready or prepared.
0: That's an interesting point that you made, Sergeant Major. Because as I'm looking at this from the lens of an NCO. A new nco or an nco that hasn't had the opportunity to instruct that's a big takeaway for them right for them to be able to see yeah you know what if i want somebody to be engaged in because we all train um if i want my my the the people that i'm the soldiers that i'm engaged with to be part of this training that's one technique that you just perfectly placed in, in their pocket now that they can use and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to do call friend or call buddy or however the, the thing may be. That's a takeaway that I think is if if I'm reading this article, if I'm listening to this podcast as a young NCO, somebody that hasn't been able to do that, that's a big, huge takeaway. So I, I really like that uh, that example. And if you had uh, others, please uh, so, share.
1: So one of uh, the, another, an, an example I, can, I would like to share with you guys is one that I use in the virtual world or here in the brick and mortar environment. Um, so, you know, every, every group you have a class leader and I tell the class leader very upfront, um, if I ask a question and we go about three to five seconds with silence, I am always going to go to you and that, and you know, come in Rogers arm Major, and day one, what do you guys think about the capabilities of the United States army? or A question, whatever. And it goes silent. I'm like, class leader. And the class leader and everyone thinks it's funny. But I do that the second and third time and everybody automatically establishes a connection with, we need to help this guy out. We don't know him, but we fail to do something. So he's paying the price in a sense by having to answer and speak and uh, to the to question being asked, and then all of a sudden, I'll take that uh, Sergeant major. I got that, or Sergeant major. Hey, let me let me add on to his statement. So I call that co Are you going to co-sign or deny his credit? And they like raise their hand, and they're like, Sergeant major, I'm going to go ahead and co-sign his statement, and I'm going to add to him." And they do so, or I'm going to deny his credit based off my experience, because I saw it work this way. And the conversations become so great sometimes that I have to be like, okay, ceasefire, Uh ceasefire. So let's tie this into the next piece. Or as they're talking, I know what's coming up next. And I lead that conversation, tie it to the next thing, next major point in the lesson. So we can continue that lesson flowing. Um so it's all it's all one massive uh story, I guess. I guess uh but that's one thing that I do. Are you going to co-sign or are you going to deny the credit? Um, Another thing I tell them in classroom or at the house, day one, every semester, is one of the greatest things you can do and make an educator smile is raise your hand and answer a question and start off answering that question by saying, well, Sergeant Major, let me answer that question according to last night's readings, and then give me your answer. I'll be like, oh, man, he did the reading. She did the readings. Life is great. This is going to be a great class. If you want to put a smile on your instructor, according to last night's readings, blah. Or according to the slide, blah. um, And give your statement. And it just sets a different tone. Those little simple words at the beginning, according to last night's reading and everyone chuckles. (laughs) But everyone starts looking like, did he actually do the reading? I know in the chat group, he said he didn't do the reading, but did he do it? And everyone just raises the level of awareness and, okay, I, I, I at least got a skim or, or I'm not saying they don't read. But I'm saying, you know, they take a little bit more effort in doing those type of things.
2: You brought up some really great strategies with your call a friend, your class leader, your music, uh, your projects for international students. What are some things that you have learned, uh, either through the pandemic or through your fellowship, that a unit leader at, say, an infantry unit, since you've done a lot of time there, uh, what's something that they could use to start building these relationships as a leader?
1: I would say probably the most important thing. I, I saw so my my son, he's in second brigade here on Fort Bliss, so you know he shares with me his his daily troubles or successes and one thing I've realized nothing's really changed over the years as far as young leaders trying to lead subordinates and teach them the right way of doing things but one of the biggest things that I I injected to him and and, and hopefully answers your question is do you really know your soldier beyond the personal data sheet that you have them fill out do you know their strengths, their weaknesses their desires, you know, their, their dislikes, what they really value. And I take the time every semester as we start to know those things about my soldiers.
0: Thank you for being with us, for, for taking the time to, to have this conversation with us and to expand on, on your excellent article
1: Hey, you guys take care and thank you for having me and I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, like I said, in a million years, never did I think anything, one, I would write, two, it would be published, three, I would be doing a podcast. It's my first podcast, by the way. Long time listener, first time caller. Um, you know, uh, so hey, I appreciate the first, many firsts for me and you guys provided me this platform, so I thank you guys very much.
0: And thank you to our audience. Remember to put your knowledge to the page, submit articles, and get published with the NCO Journal. Don't forget to check out our webpage and follow us on social media. We'll catch you next time on the NCO Journal Podcast.